Blog Talk Radio. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come Welcome to the 15th episode of Come Get Some. And I start a three-part full block, back-to-back, half-hour of conversation with the library barge. You won't want to miss a second of it. But first, I want to I want to address my fellow Americans. This November, when you go out to vote, make sure you do take advantage of your inalienable rights to vote and vote. But don't vote stupid for Trump, and don't vote best-case scenario for Hillary. They're right in Miami, six man. Thank you, and God bless. Okay, so (laughs) um, this weekend on Saturday, the 28th, I will be at MegaCon in the Orlando Convention Center. I won't be a guest there. I'm actually just going to be amongst the people hanging out. I'll be in my Come Get Some shirt trying uh, trying to raise Come Get Some awareness, so I hope you all will be out there, and if you see me. Uh, if you had time for me, I have time for you. I'll, I'll say hi to you. In the meantime, uh, because time is so tight, let's go ahead and get right into it with the library bar. You're going to love it. All right, so I'm really lucky and fortunate and happy to have my guest here today. Uh, one of them you may have seen on King of the Nerds, uh, Xander uh, Jenneré. Yay! And <laughs> on the quest, her name is Bonnie Gordon. That's me! And together they are the library bars. <laughs> so we're doing the pose. We are, we are. We always do that. Absolutely. The, the jazz hand sideways pose leaning in. Excellent. Yeah. Now, you yeah. guys are so much fun. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry, Xander. You're trying to say something. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying it's a conditioned response now. We have to do it. Yeah, it's in our, it's in our contract that we made up. <laughs> I want to see this contract one of these days. Uh, it's, in, it's written in crayon. Like on a scroll that we burned the edges on. <laughs> like 10 years ago or something? Yeah. It's a blood pact, actually. <laughs> There's a ritual and everything. I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. You guys are... Uh, you guys are a lot of fun. Now, for anyone who doesn't know who the library bards are, you guys are a nerd parody band. We'll get into that. Uh, uh, but I would like to go back to the very beginning with a lot of my guests and, and just really uh, work our way till today and present day. Um, so, Xander, what was it like coming out of the womb? What was it like coming out of the womb? Well, I really <laughs> have the memory. <laughs> I do. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, because you're older than me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Xander coming in? <laughs> yeah, yeah no. I, was there. I was there. I was a few months old, but I remember it vividly. <laughs> vividly. Wisconsin, just to witness it. And like, it's in Florida. Oh, oh yeah, I flew to Florida. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I flew to Florida and said, now uh, in, a, in a couple years, as in like 30, yeah. we're going to start a band. So, <laughs> you know. Well, it seems like you guys have been. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. It, it seems like you guys have been together since that long. Like you guys are, are really tight, and you guys have a really good chemistry. 
Uh, what did you guys, before you got to this point, though, what did you guys want to be before you knew you were going to be entertaining people uh, on a regular basis? What did you, what were your thoughts? For me, it, it was, and I think this is the same with Bonnie, too, it was always a matter of entertaining people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, from, like, a small kid putting on puppet shows with stuffed animals to dressing up in clothes, to, like, costumes and making short videos with our, like, giant 80s video camera. You know, it was always the dream. And then, like, I I went through school uh, wanting that as well, you know, competing in uh, speech competitions, debate, uh, mock trial, everything like that. And then, of course, community theater and the, and the theater productions. And then I graduated with a degree in theater and dance and then uh, minored in art and international studies and then moved to Hollywood. So it was always, like, on the, the radar for me. My story is very similar. I, uh grew up doing the whole dressing up and putting on shows for my stuffed animals and my parents and uh, <laughs> dressing up as Bonnie Baggins in my, in my room going on adventures, you know, and fantasies in my head and uh, always loved music, would would sing with my mom um, and, and whatnot, did community theater, went to school for it as well, but uh, unlike Xander, I did not graduate. Hurricane Katrina <laughs> yeah. hit, hit, hit oh. me. And I was like, oh, so I guess this is a thing, and I, you know, I worked in, like, an Irish pub down in New Orleans, like, so I was, like, 16, 17 years old, singing Irish music, so I, like, already loved entertaining people and doing things like that. I was already, I was already a bard yeah. in my own way, and went to school for theater, but then after Hurricane Katrina, I kind of became a gypsy, literally. I uh, moved to Florida and worked for Disney for a year, then I actually did become a gypsy and bounced from Ren Faire to Ren Faire with a gypsy show um, performing in that and got to, like, basically live out of fantasy, living in rent fairs. My mom says it's when I, you know, she says, she calls it the day I ran away and joined the circus. <laughs> Lived in oh Vegas for a year and then finally came, ended up here in L.A. And Xander and I met LARPing, so yeah. it was it was pretty much, I wouldn't say love at first sight, but it was basically like <laughs> a... Uh, we, we say it was a talent crush. And we had talent crushes on each other. Yeah, we saw each other perform and we were like, I want to work with that person. Like, oh, we have to work together. We have to we have to figure out a project that we can work together on. And it took a few years before we figured out what it was. Yeah. I wasn't a lead, so I was very lucky in that. My my hometown is a couple hours away from New Orleans. So even though it affected me, meaning, like, a lot of the places I used to sing at in New Orleans yeah. were no longer there. And also my college. Uh, basically, after Katrina, the the financial situation of Louisiana was so dire that they started pulling yeah. from anywhere and everywhere they could, including education. And so all of, even though I had a full-paid scholarship to college, it was going to go from, like, a full-paid scholarship to nothing, like, within a semester. Like, they were just pulling scholarships from and money anywhere they could, and unfortunately the first thing to go would be the art. Hmm. So all the oh. theater and music students were really affected by Katrina because the state was, was just so uh, in such turmoil. They're just find, trying to find money anywhere they can to find something to, like, rebuild. And well, that's sadly, a great testament. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That was a great testament to you. That it, with all that against you, you still per- persevered and went on to, to entertain people. You didn't stop. You didn't let that stuff hold you back at all. It was kind of like uh, Hurricane Katrina was kind of like my push out of the nest. Like, sure. I I, you know, I was planning on going to college outside of Louisiana already, and I had gotten accepted into all these different schools across the country, and I was really excited, but I couldn't afford to go to any of them because, you know, right. college is insane, and our, our, our 
country is ridiculous when it comes to education and healthcare. Don't get me started. <laughs> but um, with Louisiana, okay. it was one of those where I had good grades in high school, so I was able to, you know, kind of – Louisiana basically bribes high school students to stay in the state by giving them scholarships to in-state colleges. So I got really lucky with that. But I really – knew that in order for me to grow and to actually, like, become who I want to be, I would have to leave Louisiana. But I was so comfortable there being, like, the big fish in a little pond yeah. that I didn't want to leave. But then once Katrina hit, it kind of made me go, hey, I, you know, this might be my wake-up call. This might be my my push out of the net. Like, it's time to fly. It's time to take a shot and to just take a risk and leave. So that's what I did. Yeah, it seems like we all have that moment that just pushes us. It's just like, you know what, I've I, long enough. <laughs> enough. Yeah, I'm, yeah, moving, yeah. I'm moving forward today. Um, since you guys went LARPing, and, and to me, when I hear LARPing, and it's as terrible as it sounds, I think those skinning whales. So if you, if you can go ahead, I know what LARPing is, but you can go ahead and talk to the audience about what LARPing is and what that experience is like. Yeah, LARPing uh, stands for Live Action Role Play. And I think Bonnie mentioned it when she was talking about growing up, but, you know, fantasy was a big part of, of me growing up as well. You know, I played Dungeons & Dragons growing up, uh, you know, from, like, the fifth grade. <laughs> you know, the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, that whole world was so, uh, like, enticing. And I think it's hardly recognized that there's a big connection between fantasy and performing, especially when you yeah. uh, think about friend fairs or, or LARPing or SCA or, or Dagger here. You know, all of it is is putting on a character and living in an immersive environment. So if you're going LARPing, you're putting on a character that you've created, and you can be anybody that you want, like, within the confines of this fantasy world, and and you just, you go camping, essentially, and you're, you're there for the whole weekend, and you put on a costume, and you're in character 24-7, and it's just, it's a great time, and it, it's just a freeing and therapeutic thing. Um, you know, uh, how a LARP works in a way is that there's a storyteller, there's like a GM or a DM, and it's, it's a group of people that are plot. And so they're telling the story, and it's your job to go out and seek out, like, what's happening in the encampment, what's happening with the other characters. And it's just such a great exercise in both improv and also exploring, like, what it's like to discover a character on its own. So <laughs> it's just such a magical thing that it's, it's so great. Since you're not performing for anyone, you guys are performing for yourselves. You guys are just, just immersing and having fun, kind of like a, like children play. You have playtime outside and pretend to be in certain scenarios and some yeah, television exactly and whatnot. Yeah, basically we get to go play dress up. Yeah, <laughs> and like on the flip side of that, we also do some performances out here, uh, specifically with a show that's called Dungeon Master. And that takes the essence of LARPing and boils it down to a theater production where uh, we play, like, the NPCs and the shopkeepers and the monsters. And we have, like, a a loosely scripted plot, but we take six members of the audience that come and they go on the adventure. They're the adventuring party. It's super fun. And that's been going on in L.A. for, like, about about 15 years now. And even longer, it started in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... You know, it's almost like there's like a cult following for it here where people just, they want to be, they want to live a fantasy. They want to be included in a fantasy world. And, you know, I got lucky to to the extreme where I actually got to do it with the quest. Mm -hmm. But it just shows that there's so many people out there that want, that just crave that experience. 
it's the type of escapism that people are looking for in like video games or movies, but it's right. a different experience when you're acting it out in in real time. Yeah, when you get to be a part of it. Yeah, well, well my, I myself have never really thought about LARPing. For all the people out there listening now who are too cool for LARPing, if you like improv, <laughs> if you like, yeah, if you like Whose Line Is It Anyway, or, or anything like that, it's the same thing with a different backdrop. So, uh, but, but you guys are swinging weapons at each other, are you not? Yeah, and, you know, you don't have to play a character that has a weapon that swings. Like, uh, most of the time I'm playing spellcasters or something like that, or support. Um, or you can even play, like, a bar wench or a bard. Or... That's what I would do, a bar wench. <laughs> yeah. So, like, there's a place in it for everybody. But, yeah, you, you have foam weapons that you swing at each other in real time, and, and if you dodge, your character dodges. It's it's great. Yeah, I don't know if you guys can hear my dog, my worst nightmare while doing an interview. <laughs> 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 what the fuck going on? <laughs> um, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um... Also, uh, I, I, see, I'm thinking back when I was a kid, we'd play outside and we'd grab these large blades of grass and we'd have battles where we're whipping each other with the grass and it gets out of hand and they're like, dude, that hurt. So do people ever get hurt LARPing? Yeah, I mean, like, that's a different type of LARPing as well. Uh, there's something called Dagger here or just like Battle LARPing or SDA where it's specifically focused on the weapons and the fighting. But you kind of go into it with the understanding that, like, everybody's kind of signing this contract of someone could get hurt, but that's what makes it kind of exciting. Right. And, I mean, most of the weapons, they're not real weapons. Like, no. I'm not going to grab a metal sword and start swinging at a Sanders head. Right. I mean, that's what I do on my days off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's SCA, and that's the Society SCA, yes, for Creative Anachronism. And they, they tend to use real weapons and real armor, but they're trained in it. So if you're going into a live steel fight, you know what you're doing. Yeah, they're not just going to let anyone just, like, walk onto the battlefield yeah. with a weapon and, like, you're swinging. <laughs> uh, I do have a Claymore sword that, um, uh, that like was bigger given than to you me. are. It's bigger than me, and yeah. that was given to me by uh, a dear friend of mine who's very active in the SCA. And, you know, he's like, one day you'll be able to come and fight with this. I was like, I can barely lift it. It's, it's literally bigger than me. <laughs> wow. So there's no way I'm going to be fighting with that. Wow, and this is looked at by a lot of people. I've thought about the cool people before as, as kind of like a nerdy, nerdy or geeky thing to do. Did you guys have ever you guys used the word both geek and nerd? Do you, do you differentiate between the two in any way? Um, for that's like often it came up because of the title of the show that I was on. It was King of the Nerds, and you know it was a supplement piece to Big Bang Theory, and it was based off of the characters from Revenge of the Nerds. So like. We we try to be very inclusive. Like, for, for me, the definition of a nerd is just someone who's passionate about something. Either you're passionate about fantasy or Star Trek or a specific, I don't know, cars or sports. You can yeah. be a nerd about anything. You can nerd and geek out over anything. And I think that nerd and geek is kind of interchangeable. Like, it's just a, a way to, to kind of codify, like, yes, I'm very obsessed about this specific topic. Yeah, I've always thought of nerd as, like, the smarter version of a geek. Like, a little bit more brainy. And then, yeah. you know, it, it's almost the same thing. So, right. so I, yeah. I've been embracing my inner geek, but I haven't gone full geek. I can't go full geek. But I'm kind of like a chameleon. <laughs> I go, I get into everything. I can go to, I can go to a um, Megacon. I'm going to go to Megacon on the 28th and have a great time. And then I can go to a heavy metal concert. Then I'll go watch a late Miz uh, musical. And then I can go watch, like, Riverdance and have a good time. So, yeah, so, so I, I, you know. 
you know, I think those could all be quantified as, like, geeky things. It's just, you know, it, the the line is getting more and more blurred between, like, what's quote-unquote nerdy and what is pop culture and what is just, you know, everybody embracing what they like and, and finding their own labels. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that's all a part of it. Yeah, like, they, have, they call fans, like, I'm a fantasy football guy, and they call me a fantasy football geek. So, so even exactly. you know, people who are jocks are, are geeks for baseball, geeks for football, exactly, yeah. uh, you know. So, so it's, it's the lines are blurred now, and I think it's better that way, uh, yep. to be honest. Now, you guys both auditioned together for either the Quest. I'm sorry, we tried to say something. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, it's funny because a lot of people think that Dungeons & Dragons has too much math and it is too nerdy. But fantasy football has way more math and way less, like, dragons and fighting. Exactly. So like, it's way more nerdy. I, I can't – fantasy football, I can't even grasp my mind on it. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> give, me a, give me a D&D or an Gathering. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, on, on football, we have websites that calculate everything that, uh, uh, for us run by nerds. That's cheating. Get out your paper and pencil and do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we used to back before computers were were very uh, you know back in the late nineties mid nineties we were doing it on the newspaper with pencil and paper like like you say yeah it was interesting um, you guys auditioned together for either the quest or uh, King of the Nerds is that right no uh, we actually we were friends before we got the shows we went and did the separate auditions at different times but we booked them at the same time yeah so uh, wow. we didn't know. And whenever you book something like this, you're not allowed to talk about it. So we didn't know if we actually booked the same show or not. So, like, whenever we found out, like, he found out he got King of the Nerds, I found out I got the Quest, and uh, we were like, oh, my gosh, I got something, but I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> I got something, too, but I can't talk about it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, and so in, in our minds, are like, oh, my gosh, what if we got the same thing? Right. Like, what if we both got <laughs> That would be awesome. Just knowing it. Yeah. And then uh, whenever, you know, it was time to get ready to, to ship off, I was like, you know, I have to get my passport. Apparently, I'm, you know, flying off to Europe. And I was like, I'm going to Glendale. We did not book the same show. <laughs> yeah, so that's when we knew that we were on different things. Yeah. Yeah, nothing against King of the Nerds. Did you feel like you got the shirt out of the stick there, Xander? Not at all, because, like, King of the Nerds was a, a fantastic time. And, like, while I would love to be on the quest, like, we at least had coffee and alcohol and indoor plumbing. Yeah, see, the Quest, we didn't, yeah. have, any, we didn't have any running water. So no real toilets or showers in the castle. Uh, we, you know, oh. we eat food. We had no coffee. We had, uh, you know, anytime we drank alcohol, something horrible would happen. Like, the queen would get poisoned. Yeah. A villain would show up. So, basically, like, I'm watching King of the Nerds, and, like, Xander's, you know, Xander was just like, oh, my gosh, there we are having pizza again. <laughs>
um, like the first time. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> I went and I and I binge watched. Yeah, I binge watched the you guys have uh, redefining the uh, but but I was watching the quest. I binge watched it. It was funny because all the characters, all the all the people competing, had just looked like they were into it, but sort of not sure what's coming next. And all the actors were just so sure they were so well, in character. Yeah. It was it was perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, the actors knew what was going to happen. I mean, obviously they couldn't just you know throw everything. But a lot of the actors had to improv a lot too because we we ask questions, we would do things that they weren't anticipating. Um, but as for the, the paladins, like the contestants of the show, like myself and the other paladins, we had no idea what was going to happen next. They, I mean, all of our reactions of our face just in, in complete awe and shock half the time, that was all genuine. Like, we had no idea what was going to happen next. Also, there was a big but, difference, too, because uh, doing season one of a show is a lot harder. I had season two of a show, so I had a season under that was available to me to, like, study and figure out the game and what to expect yeah. in a way. I had to change it up. But doing season one of a show, you have just no idea. And that's exactly what it was like. You know, we had no idea what we were getting into to where that first time we're, we're walking out of the woods, they kept us in the woods overnight that first night. We st- we, oh, we that long not- journey? Yeah, we were covered. I mean, I know the, the show only shows like five minutes of that, but we were up all yeah. night. We found a caravan, covered ourselves in mud, put on rags. Like, we were up all night, uh, you know, not sleeping. And then us breaking through the woods and seeing the castle for the first time, like, we were in our, – our, our brains could not comprehend it. Like, I was just like, this can't be real. This can't be where we're staying. Wow. We must be talking to us going, like, psych, you know. Yep. And then, like, putting us in a bungalow, you know. Like, I, I had no idea what was going to happen. It was unbelievable. Well, I don't know about you, but if it was me in the mud overnight, being kept overnight, I would have thought maybe I got kind of tricked into, like, a hostile scenario. Because <laughs> well, uh, Cleo, the actor who played Cleo, he left us. He's like, Paladin, stay here. You know, I will return. Yeah. He just keeps out and left. And obviously they did that because they needed the actor to go home and sleep yeah. and be ready the next morning for another full day. They're not going to keep the, the, you know, the poor actor up, you know, <laughs> 12 hours, you know, to stay up with us. But we were like, wait, what do you mean Cleo's leaving? You know, so we're just like in the woods, covered in mud. You know, all just huddled together. This is, it was a great time for us to get to know each other. But the sure. reason why producers and the crew did that was because they wanted us, like, they do this in the military, too, where, like, they keep people up for a crazy amount of time and, like, put them under really high-stress scenarios, like, as a as a group, as a team, I think, mm. to, to make them bond quicker. And also, uh, it, really, it also kind of breaks your yeah. brain. They're trying to break our minds. Um, right. So that we're open okay. to everything. Like we're we're completely like the real world is gone now. Like we have not slept, we have not eaten, we have no idea what's going on, and you know we're <laughs> we're ready to accept whatever and what whatever they throw at us. So yeah, not staying at the Hilton between takes. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. But once you were banished, you did get to go back to a nice hotel with showers and room service. <laughs> So listening to all the fun things that the banished paladins did, I'm kind of like, man, I should have been banished. <laughs> like they were out shopping in Europe and getting room service and you know hanging out, going to concerts and the like this big Mozart concert in like this beautiful hall in Vienna, and they're like in the castle going, you know, trying to pee in a bucket. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that song you wrote, that those songs you wrote and performed was that spontaneous or was was that? 
the song that, oh, uh, no, there was nothing else really to do, so she was just doing what she does best in writing songs. That was not yeah. written by awesome. producers. Oh, that was all written by me. Like, there was a lot of free time in the castle. I know the show goes really fast, like, boom, 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 to where it looks like we're there, and it's, you know, very uh, quick. But uh, yeah. we were there for a month, so there were days, there were, like, we'd be in the castle for, like, three or four days with nothing to do. There would be no cameras. They'd just kind of forget about us. So, you know, they were either – sometimes the weather, like, if it, was, it would be pouring rain, and so they wouldn't be able to film anything. So they would just leave us in the castle, and we wouldn't know what was going to happen. Like, no cameras came, nothing. So we – and we didn't have anything that – you know, we had no cell phones. We had nothing. All we had was each other. And uh, there were times when I just, just – like, if only I had, like, a piece of paper, and I would just start writing um, – and I would just, I came up with the Ballad of Everrealm like the second night I was there, or like the first night. And then, you know, I wrote Creo the Brave and then Saran the Girl the I just I would just write what I saw. You know, it, it would help me pass the time, it would keep my mind wow. busy. And we and actually have a full version oh, We actually have a full version of the Ballad of Everrealm. It's up on iTunes, but also it's on the EPs that we sell when we go to conventions. And sometimes uh we'll perform them live as well. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So we were sitting there saying, let me sing the song for you. They didn't know you were going to sing a song. Right. Yeah, it's weird because um, the like I the other Pelons already knew it. Like, we would sing it. I, I would sing it for them, but they didn't have it on camera yet. And I think one of the sound guys must have heard it or something. And <laughs> so um, it just happened where, like, when I sang it, I think the producers, I think everyone was really shocked mm. that I that I had written something like that. And then when I wrote Creo's song, they got Creo's song on camera too, but they never showed it on on there. And I think it was because it was so like impromptu. I don't think they got like good footage of it. We were in the stairwell uh-huh. of the castle. We were all just standing around, and I and I, Creo's is my favorite. Creo Creo's <laughs> yeah. song that I my favorite, but no one's heard it unless they search it on YouTube because I, I I recorded it for the Quest Army. Well, I want to hear it now. Uh, but uh, what we're going to do here is also, before we get to King of the Nerd, I want to go one more thing about the quest. Sure. Is, uh, I joked with you a bunch about it. I kind of harped on it, but it bugs me. That whole thing with the Pentagon flag. The, uh, oh, yeah. On the, on the quest. <laughs> you were so beating yourself up over the five sides. So, so, so let me let me clarify something with you. The two girls that were in the competition with you, they're American, right? What? They're American? Uh, yeah. They're American? They're, they're from America, yeah. <laughs> from the country. The Pentagon, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is a very important government building in Washington, D.C., of the United States of America. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> if they can't figure out what the freaking Pentagon is, I think they both should be stripped of whatever final spots they landed in, so I don't give it away, I won't say. And the, the contest should be restarted from that point. So you're back I, in uh, I was... I was beating myself up, but at the same time, I was like, "Oh, come on, girls! It's the Pentagon Because we would have, we would have beaten the guys if they, if if we had that flag up correctly. And if I was yeah, so far me. away, you know, I had no idea they had so many different choices. So I was so far away, I assumed it was a Pentagon. It was the right colors, and that's all I was looking for. Um, I didn't count. I couldn't count the sides from the tower being so far away. But yeah, I was oh. like, "Oh man." <laughs> no, I, I, I blame the, the despicable Americans that should be extradited. No, <laughs> <laughs> so on the key, the shitty American educational system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's part one with Xander and Bonnie from the uh, Library Bards. 
you can check them out at, um, let's see, you can follow Bonnie. You can follow the Library Bards at Library Bards on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Bonnie. I had it right in front of me a second ago. Sorry, guys. But, uh, yeah, you can follow Bonnie at uh, Bonnie Bell G. You can follow Xander at Xander Riffic. That's uh, 2S, 1R. And um, check those guys out. Check out their videos on YouTube also. Uh, I didn't get to it in any of the three parts you're going to hear. Um, they're uh, Bonnie. Bonnie Gordon's involved in a little web series on YouTube. I, I talked about a stalk and LeVar before. You'll hear that soon. Uh, but uh, also check out their uh, the YouTube series Tequila for Penguins. Uh, Bonnie's all through that series. In the meantime, don't forget, I will be at MegaCon this Saturday, the 28th. If you see me in my Come Get Some Shirt, come say hi. I'll say hi to you. I'll be wandering around amongst people, like I said earlier. And uh, until then, uh, that about sums it up. Have a good week, everybody. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come on.